Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Authentication, Validation, and Management Toolkit for those AP vendor maintenance teams that still have a mostly manual process and need fraud prevention at each critical step of the vendor maintenance process. Go to DebraRRichardson.com to see the authentication techniques, internal controls, best practices, and what template forms, vendor communications, and desktop procedures are included. Are you ready for the IRSB notices that are soon to be heading your way? Or are you dreading that because you know your vendor master file needs some help? So what steps should you take to clean your vendor master file? I'm going to tell you, so keep listening. Welcome to episode 46. IRSB notices are coming it's time to clean your vendor master file. So when I was an accounts payable manager, a practitioner out there, I was responsible at one time for over 140,000 plus vendor records, active vendor records across five to seven ERPs. December was go time. Um, Actually though, September, October timeframe was actual go time because that's when the IRS published their publication 1220 and we identify what changes need to be made to the ERPs to comply with that year's IRS 1099 MISC form and also the fire system updates. By December, all the system updates and testing were done and reality began to set in because thanks IRS, almost 25,000 1099 MISC forms needed to be accurately generated and distributed to reportable vendors by January 31st. And I know we weren't alone. We're not the only ones that were issuing 1099 MISC forms, not just box seven, but all boxes to vendors and uh, filing with the IRS by January 31st, because it was just easier. Now let's not talk about the number of corrections that we had to make because doing it that way, you have no time for your vendors to contact you and let you know there's been any changes or there needs to be corrections made, but that's what we did. And then the same was also true for state reporting since for the past few years, they have been making changes to filing requirements, due dates, and their participation in the combined state and federal 1099 filing program. So both the federal and the state reporting required accurate vendor master file data, not to mention the fact 
that when you filed with the IRS, that legal name and tax ID combination, if that was not valid when the IRS checked their files, then you are going to get, ta-da, B notices. And those B notices are the IRS's notification to your company to say that the legal name and tax ID combination did not match for some of the vendors, hopefully not a lot, that you included in your tax filing. And so let's be honest, no one wants to receive those B notices and they're coming on the CP2100, depending on how many you have, it could be electronic, it could be paper, but no one wants to receive that because it means extra work. Now the time clock is ticking and you have 30 days to either identify or collect an accurate W-9 with a valid legal name tax ID combination or to back up withhold from your vendor and no one wants that. So I will put a link to the IRS site where they have more information on B notices, but this podcast is really about how to avoid the B notices by cleaning your vendor master file prior to issuing um, 1099 MISC forms or filing with the IRS. And this is typically a year end, but it really needs to start August, September, October with cleaning your vendor master file so that by the time you get to January, your vendor master file is clean and you will have a reduced potential for receiving B notices for that tax year. So both federal and state reporting requires accurate vendor master data, and that is accurate legal name and tax ID combination to avoid IRS penalties for correction filings and subsequent team member non-value added work issuing B notices to vendors. The second thing is addresses. You need to have correct addresses to reduce the potential for returned 1099 MISC forms and subsequent rework, logging, and identifying the correct address and rescinding those 1099 MISC forms. Now with vendor master file best practices and internal controls for vendor setup and maintenance, including new and existing vendor validations and archiving inactive vendors, it should be no issues, right? Well, maybe if you have a vendor portal or a system that provides continuous vendor monitoring, then it should be no issue. But what if you don't have a vendor portal, a vendor self-registration portal? What if you're still fully manual or partially manual and you're not sure your team has followed best practices all year? What if your vendors forgot to inform you that they moved or they were acquired or they changed their name but kept their same tax ID? How confident are you really that your vendor master file is clean? So here are eight steps towards a clean vendor master file that if not done continuously should be completed at some interval throughout the year, but definitely before tax filings. And I say some interval throughout the year and what I really mean by that is at least quarterly. So here are eight steps. 
The first step is to inactivate vendors with no PO invoice or payment activity. Now this reduces the volume of vendors in your vendor master file for the remaining steps. Inactivity can be based on 12 months, 15 months, 18 months, 24 months, or whatever threshold works for your business or industry. Step number two is address standardization. So this ensures that mail 1099 MISC forms will not be delayed or returned due to incorrect entries. Step number three is to do an IRS 10 match. Now you want to confirm that the legal name and tax identification number still match. Now what this will do is it will give you a head start so you don't have to wait for the B notices to tell you that your legal name and tax ID for your vendors do not match. This will tell you which vendors do not match and now instead of having only 30 days um, when you receive the IRS B notices, now you have more than 30 days to reach out to that vendor and make sure that you collect a W-9 and that you do the IRS 10 match and that you have the correct legal name and tax ID as well as a corrected IRS W-9 form on file. Now the fourth step is to validate banking details. Now you want to validate routing numbers, validate the bank account name, matches the bank account number, and I'll actually link in the show notes to a blog post and podcast where I talk about how to validate that vendor legal name matches the bank account holder name and the bank account number. Now, this won't help you with the IRS or the B notices, but it is in this climate of phishing and business email compromise and sending fraudulent payments to cyber criminals. This is an important step to verify that you have valid real vendor data in your vendor master file. Okay, number or step five is to validate the OFAC slash specially designated nationals list. Actually, OFAC has quite a few watch lists um, when you search, and you want to confirm that existing vendors have not been added to any of those watch lists post vendor setup. So you know you check OFAC when the vendor is initially set up, but you really need to continue checking that to make sure that um, one of your vendors and really the vendors banks as well has not um, made it to one of those watch lists. So you want to validate against the OFAC watch list. The next one, step six, is to validate VAT for international vendors, and VAT is the value-added tax number. Now, I know we don't necessarily use this in vendor maintenance, but this is information that's kept on the vendor record that could be useful to your tax department to reclaim VAT tax. So you wanna make sure that the number is still valid. Now step seven is to validate other regulatory parties. So based on your industry or company, you want to validate Dun & Bradstreet number if that's required. The Office of Inspector General for Healthcare, if you're a healthcare entity, because you cannot do business with uh, any vendor that's on their exclusion list. 
There is also an exclusion list for the System of Award Management or SAM.gov. So if you're a government entity, you want to make sure that you've confirmed that none of your vendors have made it onto that exclusion list since you've initially set them up. So this step is all the other regulatory parties that are required based on your industry and your company. Now, step eight, this is actually the step that uh, is the last step, and it's the one that takes the longest. Now that you've done all your validations, you need to really analyze your vendor records. You need to research duplicate vendors. You need to add missing information, such as emails, industry coding, etc. And this will take some time because you may have to reach out to the vendor to get updated W-9s, to get updated information, and you want to make sure you allot enough time so that that process is done before you start your 1099 MISC processes for the year. So that was a lot of validations, but I do have, and I will link in the show notes, I have a vendor validation reference checklist that includes all of these validations and more on a PDF file, and it has resource links. So if you are missing resources for checking these validations, uh, come on over to my uh, site. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, R. Richard send.com. But again, I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you sign up for my uh, weekly email list, you will receive your very own vendor validation reference checklist. So keep that in mind. And then as normal, review any of these recommendations with your leadership and or your auditing team and adjust based on your accounting system, ERP, or any third-party systems for your company processes and your industry. So I hope this helps those that are still fully or partially maintaining their vendor master file manually. I've been there. Let me know if I can help. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 46th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. 